Hi! Welcome to Ghoul Gals. I'm Cassandra. And I'm Julie. And we are talking about houses today. <laughs> Fun. Ooh. <laughs> Scary. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, careful. Because everybody lives in one. Most, gonna, people, most people live in one. You probably live in a house. <laughs> We're talking about you. <laughs> Oh, Lord. And this is episode number 50 for us. Yeah. What? That's so exciting. Super exciting. We've definitely been around longer than 50 weeks, but But episode 50 is here at last. (laughs) We made it. Yeah. That's exciting. It is exciting. It's a big deal. It's nice to get to a a nice even number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. None of these 43s and (laughs) 17s. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah. Think think about the fact that we had to come up with 50 different I, themes. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> and we we haven't um we haven't repeated any besides uh, I guess two. Never mind. Cuz we've done Christmas twice. And then we did Scary Stories, two episodes of Scary Stories. Oh, that's right. Uh um, whatever. But otherwise, <laughs> nothing else repeats. Yeah. That's a lot. That's not bad. Congrats. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to uh, talk about the House of Death. That sounds fantastic. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, it's it's fine. So this house is, was built in 1856. Mm. Which is a very long time ago. And it is a beautiful, apparently. I didn't think it was that great. It's pretty, like, whatever to me, but (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) A Greek revivalist brownstone Mm. located at 14 West 10th Street in Greenwich Village. Oh! New York City. (gasps) New York City? Mm -hmm. That's flashy. Yeah, I never uh, expect anything to be haunted in New York City. (laughs) Except maybe a cemetery. Yeah. But then I feel like they're too crowded yeah, to be haunted. Yeah, there's too many people. Yeah. There's nowhere for the ghosts to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. There's too much going on at all times <laughs> in New York City. I just, I'm, I don't know. So this came as a shock. It's said to be home to 22 spirits, <gasps> this little brownstone. One tiny little house? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> fairly big house 22 ghosts is still a ton of ghosts yeah think about 22 people living in one house oh lord no thank you god uh it wasn't always called the house of death if you can believe it (laughs) although that would be cool uh it seems to have gotten its bad reputation after a cyclist named fred h andrew which is an awful name (laughs) Uh, became the owner in 1897, so a full 41 years after it was built. Wait, so his job is bicyclist? I guess. It just says cyclist. Oh, cyclist. So I'm sorry. I, I I would assume it's a bicycle. Yeah. Oh, maybe he's like a professional cyclist? Did they have those back then? I mean, I should have looked this up because I, I, I wondered the same thing, and then I didn't. Uh, so I don't know. Like, are they doing the Tour de France in 1897? Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea what was going on back then. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) But in terms of (laughs) sports, I don't know. Uh, A moment of 
quote, reckless bicycle riding, end quote. Oh, my gosh. Caused him to collide with an eight-year-old boy. <gasps> oh, no. The poor lad broke his leg, and Andrew was arrested. <laughs> oh, so no one died yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the ghosts. <laughs> the house was deemed cursed shortly thereafter. So this, I guess, is what people think is the beginning of the bad stuff. Oh. So it's not an actual death yet. Okay. But there will be. (laughs) The house's most famous tenant was Mark Twain. What? Yeah. I know him. Yeah. (laughs) A famous American author. His real name, I I don't need to say that. No one cares about that. (laughs) Marcus (laughs) Twainitz? No. <laughs> Samuel Clemens. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> Marcus Twainis. <laughs> God. Maybe I should have said it. <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> uh, Mark Twain moved into the house three years after Andrew did. Uh, so I'm assuming at this, at between this time, Andrew moved out, <laughs> um, and then Mark Twain moved in. All right. I don't know. He lived at the house for about one year, and during his stay, he battled financial troubles and depression. Oh, which no. uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, they always come hand in hand, don't oh, yeah. they? Mm-hmm. Mm. Local lore tells of Twain, a diehard ghost skeptic. Having a very paranormal experience in his new home. (gasps) One night, he saw a piece of kindling move by itself. Mm. So like a little teeny tiny little stick. Hmm. (laughs) Thinking it was a rat, (laughs) (laughs) he shot at the piece of wood. (laughs) His first reaction about seeing a rat is to shoot Shoot it it. with a gun? In his own house. In his house? Yeah. It could have hit anything. Yeah. It could have hit his, his favorite book. Could have hit him 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 himself. <laughs> it could have ricocheted. Yeah. He could doesn't have backfired. know. Oh yeah. Yeah, guns were bad back then. Yeah, they're still bad. Now. They're still bad. But I mean they're like poorly, poorly made. made. Yeah, and dangerous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the piece of wood promptly dropped to the floor, along with a few drops of blood. <gasps> Though there were no signs of rats in the building, Twain insisted that the blood was from a rodent and not from a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean. (laughs) Which, yeah, there I'm like, well, of course it wasn't from a ghost because ghosts don't have blood. Nuh-uh. So if it's not from a rat, it's from something. I don't know. Like maybe he shot someone in his own house. Well, it could be like um, The Shining where just blood appears. True. True. Yeah. But instead of like a, a, a river of blood, it's just like a little it's tiny like a couple drops. <laughs> a splash. God, what a weird story. <laughs> Despite only living there for a little over a year and not dying there, mm-hmm. his spirit seems to have stuck around a bit longer. I don't believe it. Sightings of Twain decked in a white suit. Like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> oh gosh, that's exactly what I pictured too. <laughs> the old Colonel Sanders look. We're picturing Colonel Sanders and Boss Haas from <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, God. Um, decked in a white suit. Sightings of Twain decked in a white suit have been reported on the first floor and near the staircase for some reason. Huh. In the 1930s, a mother and daughter claimed to have encountered the author sitting near a window where he stated, My name is Clemens, and I has a problem here. I gotta settle. <laughs> He disappeared moments later. <laughs> I has a problem. <laughs> I has a problem here. I gotta settle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing Colonel Sanders saying that. Me too. Like Me chomping too. on a drumstick. <laughs> I feel like Colonel Sanders doesn't eat chicken. Oh, no. He would never deign to eat fried chicken. <laughs> it would ruin his suit. God. Think of the mess. Oh, Lord. Anyway, so that's the end of that story. So apparently wow. his ghost is haunting that place. Mm. I don't believe it, but I'd love to see it. Especially if he says that to me. <laughs> My name is Clemens. God. Anyway. <laughs> so fast forward a few years to 1957. Um, an actress, writer, and psychic, Jan Bryant Bartell and her daughter moved into the apartment on the house's top floor, which was once the servants' quarters. So um, I'm guessing it was a full house at mm-hmm. one point, and then they eventually divided it into apartments. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Bartell, a, quote, monstrous moving shadow, unquote, would always follow her around the house, which is very scary. Was it her own shadow? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) But she's like amateur psychic, so she's like, oh no, who are you? How can I help you? How do they keep following me everywhere I go? Everywhere I go, every room I walk into. She also once reported seeing a spectral figure of a man in the hallway. When she reached out to touch him, she felt this figure was, as she described, quote, a substance without substance, chilly, damp, diaphanous as March mist or a cloud of ether. I could feel my fingers freeze at the tips. They were numb, and yet they tingled. In the split second between contact and recoil, the scent came, fragile and languorous. And sweet, unbearably, cloyingly sweet. Mm. First of all, all the words that she's using, she's obviously a psychic. Um, (laughs) And a writer. (laughs) And a writer. (laughs) A psychic writer. (laughs) Um, Yikes. Yeah. That's not great. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. Although, I guess it's better that it's sweet smelling than like rotten smelling. Yeah. Uh, Which uh, tends to be the trend with ghosts. Mm Mm-hmm. The strange scent was among the many pungent odors the Bartell family would smell during their time at the house of death. Uh-oh. <laughs> you too soon were you like, oh, at least it's sweet. There's going to be at least one bad one, right? Oh, God. Rotten food not purchased by them Ooh. would spontaneously appear at the dinner table. So not just the smell of food. The food itself. <laughs> so like, suddenly a rotten head of lettuce would just appear? Yeah. Hmm. Um, their pets would also often growl at invisible enemies in the building. Okay, I believe it. Mm-hmm. 
Bartel hired a paranormal expert nice. to look into what could be behind these terrifying experiences. The investigator confirmed what many had believed all along. He said that there were some 22 ghosts <laughs> presiding at the house of death. Besides Mark Twain, <laughs> these included a woman dressed in white, of a, course. a young girl, mm-hmm. and a gray cat. Oh, what? <laughs> I was like, check, check, wait. What? What? <laughs> I don't, we don't learn any more about any of these. Oh my gosh. Um, so, I guess. Huh. Ghost cat's pretty cool. Yeah, that's you don't hear about that very often. No. <laughs> After learning about all of this, Bartel decided to document her experiences with the paranormal at 14 West 10th Street in a book called Spindrift, Spray from a Psychic Sea. Ew. <laughs> yeah, which is the most disgusting title. Yeah, no, thank uh, you. <laughs> I looked it up, and it's available on, uh, used on Amazon for guess how much money? <gasps> Ten cents. No. <laughs> a lot more? Yeah. A hundred dollars. No. More? Yeah. Two hundred dollars. <laughs> it's just gonna keep going like this. So I'll just tell you. Okay. Fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> You're right, that would have gone on for far too long. Fifteen hundred dollars? Yeah. That's more expensive than my car. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> Woof. Yeah, so that's available on Amazon. And then I found it on another used book website for $37, hmm. which is still too much. <laughs> <laughs> which is $36.90 too much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell's going on with this book, but apparently people are just putting stupid prices or it's very valuable, hmm. which I refuse to believe. <laughs> Besides being followed by the monstrous moving shadow, mm -hmm. Bartel also experienced strange, strange visions and heard many unexplained noises in the house. Here's an excerpt from the book jacket. <laughs> like a game of ten little Indians, which is the poem used in Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None. Wonderful. In which ten guests on an island all die mysteriously one by one. I added that myself. Because I know the story. And it's wonderful. <laughs> it is. Um, deaths began to occur in the house. Mm. The first to die was a dog. <gasps> Jan's own beloved Penelope. Oh! <laughs> no! Oh! <laughs> That's the most emotion you're going to get out of me for this story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be like, and then it was like the single mother being. of 12 <laughs> sad children. And I'll be like... Mm. <laughs> the dog shatter. She deserved it. Penelope the dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> she deserved it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not because this person doesn't exist, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, within 24 hours, she was to learn of the death of the first human tenant. Whether by heart attacks, suicide, or murder, the deaths came in rapid succession. Ooh. In terror, with nine little Indians gone, the Bartels moved far away from Greenwich Village. Yeah. But the haunting followed them. After the completion of Spindrift... <laughs> What's the rest of the title? Hold on. <laughs> Spray from a Psychic Sea. <laughs> Jan Bartel became the tenth. Oh! <gasps> 
Oh, no. Spooky. Oh. Yeah. Mere weeks after writing the original manuscript, Bartel died under what are still considered mysterious circumstances. Yes. Mm-hmm. Her unexplained death further supported that the house of death was cursed, mm-hmm. even though she did not die there. <laughs> <laughs> Disclosure, she didn't die there. But many people were still skeptical. Deaths go unsolved all the time. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially back, well, I guess I don't know when exactly this was, but back then, mm. whenever, you know, before 1990, <laughs> anything before then, it was a free-for-all. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but after what happened in 1987, few doubters remained. So this is not Jan Bartel anymore. On November 2nd, around 6.40 a.m., 911 operators got a pressing phone call from children's author and editor, Hedda Nussbaum. Fake name. <laughs> Hedda? Hedda Nussbaum. Mm-hmm. She said that her six-year-old daughter, Lisa, wasn't breathing. <gasps> An ambulance was dispatched to her Greenwich residence right away. When the paramedics arrived, they were greeted by a very disturbing scene. They found Lisa lying naked and unresponsive on the kitchen floor, and her brother, Mitchell, tied to a playpen and soaked in his own urine. No! (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no! Yeah. Nussbaum herself was covered with bruises and had several broken bones. Investigators also discovered marijuana, cocaine, hashish, which is resin from pot, uh, we don't use that word anymore. Mm-hmm. And over 20 crack pipes, oh, oh. plus $25,000 in cash in the apartment. $25,000? In cash. What? Yeah. Unfortunately, they were unable to revive little Lisa at no. the hospital. An autopsy revealed that she had died from repeated blunt force trauma to the head. Yikes. Rough. Yeah. This sounds like um, a crack house and not a haunting but oh well it's okay. it's not haunting so much as like a curse okay the curse. i guess and mm-hmm. then also hauntings mm-hmm. so it's just a terrible place overall <laughs> nussbaum and lisa's father lawyer joel steinberg were arrested and charged with murder it is believed that after a cocaine binge steinberg abused both his wife and lisa He was found guilty of second-degree manslaughter and sent to prison. Mm. His wife was able to avoid conviction in exchange for her testimony against Steinberg. Steinberg was released from prison in 2004. What? I didn't look up if he's still alive, so he may be dead now. Let's hope. Because that was a full 16 years ago. Oh my gosh. Isn't that insane? Yeah. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. The events in the House of Death appear to have seeped into a neighboring home as well. In this complex, people have noticed flickering lights, as well as a spectral female figure in a long gown, mm-hmm. which is pretty common, both of those things. Yeah. One resident, a photographer, had seen her float through doors for 20 years. What? Yeah. He says that ghosts have scared away subjects for his work. <laughs> and that's yeah, the yeah, end. that's why. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. That's neat. I would live there. Yeah. I would check it out. I would go there, yeah. I would go sure. to home tour for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would pretend to be looking for a house. 
<laughs> to get in. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> Show me the ghosts. Uh, it's so true. So uh, New York is haunted. Or at least cursed. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Not just like upstate, which I would believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. New York City. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Like New Jersey? N- not haunted. No. Nowhere nothing in New Jersey. Goes, nothing goes on there. The ghosts all left. Yeah, they don't. They don't want to stay. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, offense. <laughs> I've been there before. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah, I flew in and out of there. <laughs> well, that counts. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was. That's pretty cool. It was. It's very strange. Yeah. It's a lot of weird, cool. unexpected things. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that there was more info on the other 18 ghosts that we didn't talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. The only ghost we really talked about was Mark Twain, and I don't even think he's there. <laughs> Why would he be there? He only lived there for a year. Everyone, he didn't die there. <laughs> everyone thinks that it was Mark Twain, but it was just Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Boss Haas. <laughs> oh my god. Jeez Louise. Um, so what house are you talking about today? Me? Yeah. I'm going to talk about the Whitney. Oh, I know that. I cannot afford to eat there, but I know what it is. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so the Whitney is in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful, beautiful old home. Um, and so everyone kind of in De- the Detroit area knows about it. It's yeah. known for like it's high tea now. It's a restaurant. Mm-hmm. But it was originally built as a home. Yeah. So, did you know, hold on, did you know <laughs> that uh, there's a Whitney buried at the cemetery right next to your house? <gasps> no. They have the most beautiful, well, it's not, it's not my favorite tomb, but the doors on it are gorgeous. Are they Tiffany stained glass? No. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's Cause... not, it's not David Whitney buried there. It's like C.J. Whitney or something. Oh, okay. Hmm. They might not even be related. <laughs> Who knows? Now that I think about CJ, it, I have no idea. that sounds familiar. Maybe C something, whatever. Something. Anyway, so you ready? Uh huh. Okay. Uh, the David Whitney Jr. House was built by successful lumber baron David Whitney <laughs> Jr. Wow! Wow! Shocking! I know this is uh, <laughs> gonna be a theme throughout the whole thing. So one of he was one of Michigan's wealthiest citizens and the wealthiest man in Detroit while he lived. Uh, woof. Wow. Which is saying something because around Interesting. the time we're going to be talking about late eighteen hundreds, like Detroit was booming. There's a lot of barons. There's a lot of barons. <laughs> it's true. So he wasn't the wealthiest man in Michigan, just in Detroit. Correct. One of the wealthy. So where did the wealthiest person <laughs> in Michigan live, if not in Detroit? Right. I have no idea. Like. I mean, there was nothing in else going on. In the woods somewhere, yeah. Because, oh. like, Grand Rapids wasn't really... Maybe Lansing. Was Lan- Lansing was already the capital, probably. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, like, a politician kind of thing? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, Interesting. It doesn't matter. Okay, so he was worth more than $15 million at the time of his death, 1900s. Is that with inflation? I'm thinking that... so. Okay. Because we talk about money later, and I think $15 million is probably what... Actual I mean, dollars yeah. then is <laughs> what Current dollars? Mm, yeah, current dollars more yeah. than that. Okay, well, that's a fuckload of money. <laughs> Even if it's... <laughs> right. It's more money than anyone needs, probably. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. So David Whitney Jr. was born on August 23rd, 1830 in Watertown, Massachusetts. Oh. He quickly established himself in the lumber trade and moved to Detroit by age 27. Also, all of this information that you see, I know 27 is 27? not gross. That's younger than me oh, right now. Oh, God. <laughs> he already had a successful oh. lumber business. He was probably already a baron. It doesn't say. God. But he could have been. Oh, failures. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so all this information is on um, the Whitney's website. Oh. Uh, so or, this part of the information. So it's um, legit. Legit. Well, it's what it's what the Whitney wants you to know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> they probably yeah. It might be a over a couple biased. things, right? Uh, so the company he and his brother Charles headed expanded from the Eastern C. Seaboard. C. It's probably him. Yes. <laughs> it's probably his brother Charles. We found it. There he goes. <laughs> um, so the company was from the eastern seaboard and Canada to Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Indiana. Think about how much wood is in those Holy places. smokes. Jeez Louise, so much. I mean, there's there's a lot now, but how much back then? <laughs> so much before more. Before there was any development. Right? Oh, shit. All, all there were were trees. Yeah. It was for some time the largest lumber dealer in the entire United States. Wow. So lumber was not Whitney's only business venture, of course, because when you have money, you... Uh, you put your you hand... put it everywhere. You put your hand in lots of pockets. You take over everything. <laughs> um, so he was also involved in real estate speculation, steamships, and <laughs> banking, of course. Sure. That Just makes money. sense. Money. Money. Real yeah. estate, banking... Mm-hmm. Steamships are no longer a thing, but <laughs> <laughs> but at the time they were huge. <laughs> he wisely bought up property around Grand Circus Park, uh, which is just north of. I mean, now it's still part of downtown yeah. Detroit, but back then it was like right around the edge of downtown. Oh, interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, when it was the far reaches of downtown business, Whitney married uh, Flora McLaughlin in 1860. And had one son, David C. Whitney, and three daughters, Flora Ann Whitney, Catherine Whitney, and Grace Whitney. Um, So the Whitneys built a home on the corner of Woodward and Sprout in 1870. Mm -hmm. And though it was attributed to Mortimer L. Smith, who designed the first Detroit Opera House, so he was like super huge and wonderful, Mm -hmm. the home quickly seemed passe and out of date. (laughs) Especially for such a wealthy family. Wow. So it was, uh, you know, gaudy and gross, so they decided to build a new home. Sure. Called the Whitney. Oh. Mm. So W. Hawkins Ferry said in his book, The Buildings of Detroit, that Whitney himself made it known that he would be happy living in a log cabin. Mm-hmm. But Mrs. Whitney <laughs> felt otherwise. In 1890, David Whitney hired architect Gordon W. Lloyd to build him a new, more fashionable home a little farther north. Mm-hmm. Still on Woodward, which is kind of our main stretch here on yeah. Detroit. Um, at Canfield. A quote from the Detroit News says, Mrs. Whitney must have walked over daily to inspect the work on her new home. A picturesque figure in a full gourd bell-shaped skirt with huge puffed sleeves. Oh, God. So she was a showboat. <laughs> and... A full gourd bell-shaped skirt? God. I wonder what? what year this was written. What describes... Is this Detroit News, like, 1903? Seven or something? I don't know. Okay, so Lloyd was an English architect who also designed other buildings in Detroit. Other big, uh, beautiful buildings. So the 
home that he designed for the Whitneys was in a Romanesque revival style, which is popular at the end of the 19th century for mostly churches and public buildings um, because of its implied visual strength. So it's this huge domineering home. It's beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. I've never been inside because, again, can't afford it. Can't afford it. (laughs) But... Would love to go. Can't afford it. (laughs) Maybe one day. Um, We'll go and get, like, one cocktail and then leave. (laughs) Maybe they have Groupon deals. Oh, they might, actually. (laughs) Um, So it was estimated to have cost four hundred. $400,000, $400,000, their dollars, uh, which is about $9.5 million Ooh. today, Ooh. Um, and was featured wow. in several newspapers at the time. They're all little better homes and gardens or whatever. <laughs> it was constructed using rose-colored South Dakota jasper, which is a type of granite, mm-hmm. um, and it was said that um, although it was this beautiful pink thing, within like... 15, 20 years, it just looked like gray and black. It's gray now. (laughs) Because of pollution, it was immediately disgusting. So that's great. Uh, So the Whitney Mansion is 22,000 square feet. Wow. It has 52 rooms, uh, including 10 bathrooms alone. What? (laughs) Yeah, right? What? Holy Christ. They like barely had plumbing You could go to a different bathroom every day of the week and then have three left over. Oh my god. <laughs> That's horrible. I know. <laughs> the waste. I <laughs> um it has two hundred and eighteen windows. I'm sure every single one is a different shape. <laughs> Can never uh get them fixed. God, I would love to be rich. Right? God. Twenty. <laughs> Twenty fireplaces. What? <laughs> I guess, I mean, the back then they didn't They have needed it for heat. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Opulence. I'm sure that every single one was huge yeah. and gorgeous, yeah. too. Uh, and then it has numerous stained glass windows crafted by Tiffany's of uh, New York. Uh, that's why I asked earlier about the Tiffany thing. It might. I haven't looked around it. Mm. There's definitely not stained glass on the door, but that's all I cared about. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was really pretty. <laughs> so it was the first residential home in Detroit to have an elevator for personal use. Uh, 1890. Jeez Louise. They were fine. They all had working feet. It doesn't talk about anything about people needing it. <laughs> so the Whitney's also spent an additional $250,000, which is $6.2 million today. Oh, oh my heart. In decorating and furnishing the home. Oh my God. million on furniture. And then another $300,000, so $7.5 million today on artwork from around the world. (laughs) I can't take it. Oh, my God. Um, I wonder how much of that was, like, money that went to, like, shipping stuff and buying stuff. Because, like... I'm sure. The Ford... The Edsel and Eleanor Ford house... Mm -hmm. Almost all of that shit is shipped over from Europe. Oh my gosh. Like brick by brick. Yes. Like the, one of their fire, their entire fireplaces <laughs> is from like a, a 16th century castle. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The Fords were freaks. I mean, I mean rich people, um, they got problems. Yeah. Like I remember going to, to Greenfield Village, which is a, like, um, it's a place started by the Fords where they literally would pick up buildings from different areas and bring them historical buildings. historical buildings yeah. and like one of them is Cot- Cotswold Cotswold 
cottage. It's this cottage from England that they took brick by brick from England. Like a whole cottage yeah. and then set it up in this like weird amusement weird... park kind of thing. Historical amusement it, Yeah, park. it's very strange to think about, I guess. Because like we're used yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's it's weird. It's very weird. Very yeah. weird. It's, oh. But I remember going once and one of the docents who was in the house was like talking. And he was like... He was low-key talking shit <laughs> about, <laughs> about the Fords. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he could have bottled up the air from England, he would have brought it over here. So only he could breathe it. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so funny. That's but anyway, great. yeah, rich people, they just, oh They're my gosh. crazy. I mean, I get it, but like. Being a poor person, I also don't get it. Yes. <laughs> like, I can't imagine. Right? I would love to have the money to do, to do all this crazy shit, but I can't mm-hmm. imagine being like, yes, this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I can let myself do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, So the exterior of the mansion looks much like it did in 1890, thanks Mm -hmm. to the use of the solid granite. Mm -hmm. And then this is where it's talking about how the mansion is more gray instead of pink (laughs) because of the pollution. But Mm -hmm. it's it's since been cleaned and slightly restored, although it's still pretty. It's still definitely not I wouldn't necessarily call it pink. I wouldn't absolutely not call it pink. I mean, maybe I've only seen it in like a dismal day, but... (laughs) It wasn't glistening. No. <laughs> um, there's this wide two-story bay window that breaks up uh, one wall of the house. And then just like other Romanesque houses of the time, it has a giant round tower mm. with a conical roof. That's gorgeous. It starts at the second floor and goes up. And then it ends in a beautiful little copper mm-hmm. um, spire, which is so sweet. There's a two-story balcony. A giant conservatory with a domed roof um, that jets off of the dining room that provided a home for all of their, I'm sure, exotic plants. Ooh, that's my dream. (laughs) Right. I would love to have a greenhouse. I would live in a shack if it had a conservatory. Me too. Yeah, like, I don't don't need a special space, but, like, Mm -hmm. how beautiful. I know. And, like, warm and sunny all the time. Anyway. (laughs) And then upon entering... Uh, the Woodward Avenue entrance, which is the main entrance of the house, guests would be overwhelmed by this grand hall, which yeah. is the largest room in the mansion, um, and all of the main rooms of the home open to it. Oh. So it is, uh, it has a huge fireplace and a massive staircase, and at the top of the the landing, it has a two story Tiffany window. Oh. There's just stained glass in like every single room of this house. Um, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, but this one, this one specifically, I love so much. So on this two-story Tiffany window, it depicts a bearded knight Ooh. paying homage to the various members of the Whitney family oh. <laughs> who were knighted. <laughs> so apparently he was Sir Whitney. Wow. Uh, yeah, Why? I have no idea. They have, they have royal blood in England, supposedly. I'm sure that they just bought this and they were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm royal. I also have royal blood in England <laughs> mm-hmm. and France. Well, then you should get a two-story Tiffany window depicting, depicting a knight. I would love that. <laughs> I would love nothing more to, than to do that. Yeah, again, you'd have to be so rich. <laughs> yeah. But then you could talk yourself into it, I'm oh, sure. Oh, I, I wouldn't have to talk myself into that. <laughs> I love it. 
So then there's a music room, which is huge, like 36 feet by 23 feet giant. Um, In this one, the Tiffany windows are of St. Cecilia, the patron saint of music, and of Apollo with his lyre. Um, There's an ornate ceiling with cherubs. Like, this is, like, fully out... Like, this is a castle. This, this is, is fully this out of... This is um, Versailles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. With all those, like, cherubs. Oh, the, Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. Second floor of the home contained the ballroom, a giant ballroom, and off of the ballroom were all of the, the bedroom suites, the family uh, bedrooms. Interesting. Which is... Uh, That's not where I would want to sleep. Amazing. Outside of the ballroom? Yeah. Well, I guess if you have a party, you have to be at the party. Yeah, but... It's too close to other people. Like, I would want right. to sleep in the tower. Or <laughs> yeah, so the third floor was then home to the Whitney's Art Gallery. Oh, my God. Full art gallery. Mm. Uh, where, and then they also had uh, guest rooms and a small servant's bedrooms, uh, which were at the rear of the home. Of course. And the oh, the ceiling of the art gallery is vaulted and has a mm. skylight. Oh, mm. my gosh. Just everything about this is just, like, the most beautiful castle home you can think of. <laughs> uh, the basement of the mansion housed a paneled billiard room and the massive heating system for the home, oh. uh, which is probably terrifying, I'm sure, to go into. Yeah. It looks um, like a monster, like um, like in Home Alone. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it is also said that Thomas Edison himself designed the lighting for the Whitney Mansion. Stop. Uh, so he did the electrical work, which is insane. Mm. And... So let's get down to the nitty-gritty of the family, because we talked about the house. Sure. So David David Whitney's first wife, Flora, passed away in Detroit in 1882. Okay. Which is before the home was finished. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And she went to see it every day, and she didn't come (laughs) out. Yeah, she went to go see it every single day. Hmm. She, like, she was the one that wanted it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And then she died one year later. He remarries <gasps> her sister Sarah. Oh my god. Right. What a slut. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Isn't that messed up? That's yes. Yeah. yeah. He should have died one year later from a broken heart. He <laughs> if he was a real man. He, he obviously didn't really love her. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then David Whitney died of a heart attack on November 30th, 1900. So he was super old. (laughs) (laughs) He was buried in Woodmere Cemetery, which is not the cemetery behind my house. Correct. Um, I've been there, though. It said also, because apparently, uh, you know, all the rich people know each other. Sure. Hudson, the department store magnet, was one of the pallbearers that carried his body. Hudson is buried in the cemetery behind you. He is. I know. I've seen him. So following David Whitney's death in 1900, having lived in the mansion for only six years, his widow, Sarah, continued to live there until her death in 1917. From then until 1932, when the Whitney family allowed the Wayne County Medical Society to move in, only a caretaker lived in the home. So one caretaker, one probably creepy, (laughs) filchy... The uh, uh, the the asylum taker. guy from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah. He just carries around like ninety keys, <laughs> and his skin is green. <laughs> so he lived alone 
in this what? 52 room mansion from 1917 <laughs> till 1932. What a gig. Oh my god. <laughs> right. but, I know. But then the Detroit Medical Society or the, mm-hmm. oh, the, Wayne, the Wayne County, County Medical County. Society moved in. So what the fuck were they doing there? Oh, get ready. Okay. So the Medical Society moved in uh, without a down payment on the residence. And what? the Whitney Estate even paid $15,000 a year in property taxes. Um, the Whitney ha- family has always been an advocate for the medical profession, I guess. And as the Great Depression ended, the doctors at the Medical Society were able to take over the maintenance bills and taxes. But So the Whitneys just were like, yeah, just move in. Just move in. Who cares? Also, like, if you have this family home, why do you not live in it? Right. Where? I'm, yeah, I would like to know where all the children are living. Mm-hmm. Like, I get wanting to move away from your the house you grew up in or yeah. whatever, but where the fuck are they living? <laughs> yeah. What is better than this house? <laughs> yeah, are they still in Michigan? Right? Probably not. I mean, if you're paying for the house still, why not? I mean, I'm sure there's upkeep to it, but... yeah. I mean, you have one caretaker. He couldn't do it all. He, there's no way that it was being well taken care of. He wasn't of. doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was just sitting in the middle of the ballroom on the floor <laughs> eating soup or something for like 18 years. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. Um, oh. Um, what were the doctors doing in there? Were they just living there? Was it just like a boarding no. place? It was. Well, it was Dissecting used- bodies. It was kind of used as a hospital, and it was also used as a tuberculosis oh, ward. No. Of course, <laughs> like hundreds, I'm sure, of people dying—a mm. uh, really sad, disgusting death. So the society remained in the home until 1956. So for yeah, like 20 years. Yeah. Um, or more than that. <laughs> a bunch of years. Um, <laughs> when it built a more modern facility near the Wayne State University Medical Science Building. Yes, that makes um, sense. of course. Uh, and when the doctors moved out, get this. So they so okay, let's go back again. So the Whitney's okay. just like let them yeah. in there. Yeah. 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 And then they're like, Okay, cool, we've used it up for years. We don't And like now it we're leaving. So we're going to take with us the life-size marble statue of Psyche that sat in the music room, a bust of Venus to Milo. What? And a bronze bust of Shakespeare. They just, like, stole this stuff from this building that was barely theirs to start out with. I mean, it I guess they were there theirs. for, like, 20 years. It but, like, wasn't still. there, so. <laughs> if you're not paying the property taxes on right? it, you don't own it. Yeah. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, so they took a bunch Why? of the art. So I don't, I'm wondering now if that's in it. I don't know. Did they sell it for more money? Oh my God. Did they like put it in their new building? I don't know. I mean, I would have stolen stuff for sure. (laughs) Right. But I'm a delinquent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So the visiting nurse association, uh, during this time Uh moved into the carriage house. Okay. Um, Da, da, da. They had moved it in in 1929, so even a little before. Uh, and so the horse stalls were remodeled into offices for training, and the nurses with offices throughout the home continued to maintain the mansion until 1979. So once the the medical society left, the nurses were still kind of taking care of mm-hmm. um, the house. Okay. Uh, and in 1979, it was then sold to entrepreneur uh, Richard Kuhn. 
So Kuhn learned that the mansion would likely be torn down oh, after no. the Visiting Nurse Association left. Like, what? Why? Like, what? <laughs> Just like... <laughs> God, I this hate city. this. I know oh. this city is known for tearing down beautiful, beautiful buildings, but there are still so many more that we have that in other cities would have been gone. That's true. So I can't be that mad, but I'm still kind of mad. Yeah. When he learned that it would be uh, torn down, he said it should be preserved, yeah. not for personal use, but so that the public can see and enjoy it. Nice. Nice. Good for him. Good. I usually hate people that call themselves entrepreneurs, <laughs> but in this case, it's kind of nice. Uh, so in 1986, after a lengthy and costly restoration, uh, about $3 million, Ooh. Kuhn opened the Whitney Restaurant, um, quote, an American restaurant in an American palace. He en- Stupid. <laughs> it's gross. He enlisted the help of John... McCarthy and Ron Fox, who ran Van Dyke Place, which is a French restaurant in West Village. Um, oh. So Fox and McCarthy enlisted crews of students from the Center for Creative Studies to help bring the painted murals back to life. Smart. I, yeah, right? Yeah. Get cheap student artists <laughs> <laughs> to do the work for They're you. gaining experience. <laughs> yeah, it was probably an unpaid internship. Oh, yeah, for sure. So the dining rooms on the first and second floors were named after their original purpose, dining rooms, um, <laughs> um, and were uniquely furnished. Uh-huh. The third floor became a cocktail lounge called the Ooh. Winter Garden, uh, and the Whitney restaurant went on to become a culinary leader in the Detroit area for many years. Um, still is. So, the, <laughs> I mean, maybe not culinary leader, but yeah, I wouldn't say still that. Still has food. <laughs> so, like, that's something. Uh, so, the Whitney Mansion changed hands again in 2007, which is actually quite a bit later, Ooh. when Kuhn sold the mansion to Bud Liebler. Oh, Lord. <laughs> a former Chrysler executive, Ugh. Bud Liebler. Bud Liebler. For more than $2 million. That's you, it? I guess so. 2007? That two, was a tough for time. For $2 million? Right? That entire fucking house? Yep. That cost like mm-hmm. $100 million? I'm sure they were buds. <sighs> get it? Stop it. Yes, I, of course I get it. <laughs> uh, so he originally wanted to buy only the carriage house, but Kuhn would sell it only as a package deal. Like, what? What? This story gets weirder and weirder. That's so strange. So Liebler shut the restaurant down for a few weeks to do some renovations because the, they had put in like a state-of-the-art uh, kitchen in the 80s, so I'm sure it was horrible. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So they that included toning down some of the 1980s paint choices, nice. which makes me nervous. Yeah. Um, they restored the wood finishes and updated the menu. Okay. They renamed the third floor bar the Ghost Bar. <gasps> Here we are. We're finally getting to the haunting. It's like 40 minutes of exposition. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, why are we talking about how great this house is? A Detroit podcast. <laughs> right? Uh, so they renamed the third floor bar the Ghost Bar after tales of the Whitney's ghosts haunting the building. Oh my gosh. Um, the ghosts, I should say. <laughs> so Liebler and his son Patrick run their public relations firm, the Liebler Group, from the third floor of the mansion. Uh, what a terrible name! So stupid. So let's get let's get to the hauntings. <laughs> this is why we're here. So, <laughs> so the legendary mansion is said to be haunted by Whitney and his first wife Flora. The first wife 
that never lived in this house. So that according doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so according to psychic medium Christy Robinette, what? Flora always wanted to live in a mansion, yeah. but died before the home was finished, yeah. leaving Whitney to raise their four children. Or to get remarried no, no. <laughs> and be a dick about it. Yeah, leaving Whitney to to marry her sister a year later. <laughs> yeah. I know. And it then makes the, him sound and like then a the governess raised their children. <laughs> like, let's be clear. The help. Yeah. Um, so, so she says, "Quote: It's actually Flora that haunts the mansion because her sister Sarah was the one that got to live there." Mm. But she also says Whitney's spirit is there because he died there, which makes more sense. That makes more sense. I like that. So the story is he had a heart attack (laughs) when one of the daughters told him she was marrying and moving to Europe. How overdramatic is he? Oh my God. (laughs) He's like, you're going to leave me? And then he had a heart attack and died. Mm -hmm. I bet he's a Leo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my wait yeah he was born in august oh august 23rd that's either a leo or a libra i think mm. i don't i don't know i don't no, know but okay. that's great Whatever. um someone look that up tell us about it okay so okay so david dewey uh the, Who the hell is david dewey? <laughs> we're gonna learn i'm not just gonna say i thought you name. were going to say david whitney and then <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is David? I was not expecting to hear Dewey. Nope. God! <laughs> David Dewey, the Whitney's director of operations, has uh. witnessed the elevator traveling between the floors and the doors opening and closing with no visible riders. Uh, he says, this has been caught on security cameras at night when there is no one in the building. So some like lazy-ass ghost... <laughs> He's just taking a ride. Or he's just trying to spook someone. He's like, ooh, I'm I'm, I'm bored tonight. Yeah, he's just like inside waiting for the doors to open to get someone. And they open up and it's empty. And he's so sad. Oh, gosh. So a former tour guide and server um, has experienced some paranormal experiences occurrences as well mm-hmm. he says that a collection of dolls i'm sorry oh. he called them a grouping of a grouping dolls. of dolls yikes a murder of crows <laughs> a school of fish a grouping of dolls so they completely vanished from within one what? of the rooms <laughs> what it's probably cassandra stealing them <laughs> This is mine, and this is mine, and this is mine. Oh, you would never steal I dolls. I would never from steal. A, from known haunted building? From, en- no from any building. I'm not, in- like, I'm not in- interested in dolls, I'm not period. Into dolls. But then, like, also I know that they're more likely to be haunted than oh, other yeah. things. Oh, yeah. So I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but an entire, like, what kind, of, how many dolls? Because I'm all, all we have is a grouping. A wall of dolls. <laughs> I'm thinking now it's probably just like three dolls that no. are in a corner, just a small grouping. They have their own room and they all <laughs> vanished. It was known as the doll room. The group room. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, um, apparitions, ghosts, 
uh-huh. have been seen in the upper floors. One staff member saw an older man looking out of the window of the second floor. Mm. The staffer went inside and approached the man, telling him he needed to leave as it was after hours. Sir, we're closed. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> and so the man, I'm assuming, turned, looked at him, and then vanished. Ooh. He definitely vanished. Um, I don't know if he actually turned to look at him, but wouldn't that be super dramatic? That would be. If that was David Whitney, we know that he loves drama. <laughs> does. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So then, yeah, he vanished into the floor before the staffer's eyes just like, broop, gone. Well, that's weird. Yeah. So other reports include noises that sound like silverware and kitchenware being handled hmm. and table settings keep getting moved around. By Ooh, some unseen presence. That's annoying. That's probably a servant that yeah. died there. Aww. Rough. Yeah. So, Can you imagine dying at your job and then being uh, trapped at your job in the afterlife? Forever. <laughs> like doing the same, like busing tables uh, for the rest of your life. Yeah, you're not even getting a paycheck uh, now. No. Because <laughs> you're dead and so are your employers. <laughs> and even if you did get a paycheck, what would you spend it on? Yeah, your bank's probably closed. <laughs> Oh, no. So, uh, Kat Tedson and Bev Rydell. uh, Great names. Great names. So they've been investigating haunted spots all over Michigan. And so they went to the the Whitney. Um, And this is written by them. Oh. So the Whitney was one of our first investigations, and it changed our view on the existence of ghosts and the paranormal. Wow. It brought us from skeptics to believers, Ooh. which I feel like everybody says about every place, but cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, their first time anywhere is going to be, like, the one. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so people often uh, tell us of getting feelings mm-hmm. they think relate to nearby ghosts. We dismissed it as overactive imaginations until we had an experience at the Whitney during an after-hours investigation. Mm. Cat was standing on the second floor when the atmosphere, strangely enough, changed around her. Just as people had explained, the atmosphere became thick, charged. Like pea soup. Dramatic. Like pea soup. So, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So, she's saying what what other people said happened Mm -hmm. exactly happened to her. Exactly happened. Ooh, but get ready for this. Mm. Yeah, I know your face is like, "Mm." So she she said during this investigation, mm-hmm. I'm getting something here. So I'm sure that they're like recording everything. Doing an EVP. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Later, when the audio was reviewed, a disembodied voice was clearly heard saying, that's right. <laughs> David Whitney, you scoundrel. <laughs> Followed by the words, I'm still here. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. I like it now. I was like, I don't believe them at first. But, <laughs> but then it's too funny. That's funny. That's to a funny not be ghost real. thing, yeah. Okay, so around the same time, Bev was alone on the first floor asking any spirit to knock on the wall. She okay. didn't really expect a response, but was stunned when she heard a loud, resounding rap on the wall next to her. Ooh, who's she- that rapping on my chamber door? <laughs> David. Um, (laughs) It's me. She asked for another response and received it. Although she didn't hear it at the time, a clear voice was recorded that simply said, Hi. That's an intelligent response because it's not just random words. It's Mm -hmm. in response to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's 
spooky. Interesting. During follow-up investigations, the sound of a piano was consistently heard and many other unexplained voice phenomena recorded. Hmm. Our extensive historical research turned up the fact that both Mr. Whitney and his wife passed away in the home, his second wife. Oh, I was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, based on the evidence and known events that happened in the house, we believe members of the Whitney family have never left. David Whitney and his family had an incredibly strong bond that has connected them both in life and death. And it's one of our favorite stories, they say. Isn't that nice? That is nice. Then I have one more weird thing. Yay. So John Jonathan Turton. This is full of names. Jonathan Turton. God. Turton. Turton. Master Turton. <laughs> From Vice. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like Vice Vice? Vice like the... the Vice Media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a real uh, thing. So he wrote an article in 2018 about his time touring the Whitney. Oh. So his guide was John Leach, uh-huh. sommelier and director at the Whitney restaurant, Ooh. and, it should be said, paranormal skeptic until taking his position at the establishment only a few months before this tour. So apparently he didn't believe it, but then the Whitney got him. But has he ever worked at a purportedly haunted place before? Uh, probably not. <laughs> because rumors will do stuff to you. It's true. Like, you know, when you even just get an idea in the back of your head that mm. it might be haunted, mm-hmm. you'll start hearing things and seeing things. It's horrible. Yeah. The mind uh, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the mind will uh, find a way. <laughs> so after a fairly straightforward tour of the home, Leach said, I've never actually been to one part of the property. Do you want to look at the outhouse? No. <laughs> Apparently, Jonathan Turton said yes. Is there, why is there still an outhouse? Well, okay. So, the outhouse is actually in-house. Okay. Because I was like, outhouse, what? Right. But then, anyway, but the, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, back to Jonathan. See, he says, according to our server, uh, talking on his cigarette break in the restaurant's garden, oh the outhouse is the most haunted area of the property. What? Originally built for Whitney's servants, Leach tells us of a rumor that in one room, a table is set for afternoon tea, and it's been there like that, untouched, for as long as anyone can remember. What? hmm Why? I don't know. I would immediately touch it. <laughs> Like, move everything around? <laughs> no, just kidding. I would I have more respect than that. Good for you. <laughs> um, so, uh, as we climb steep stairs, iPhones in hand, in <laughs> almost pitch black darkness, this part of the estate is off limits to the public and has no lights. Uh, because I'm sure the servants were just given candles. Yeah. There it is. Covered in dust, a dormant dining table, otherwise perfectly set. It looked like it it had been there since Woodrow Wilson was in office. So at this point, Leach genuinely panics and goes quiet for the first time in an hour before beelining for the exit. What? So they didn't actually see anything. They just saw an haunted, old table. But they saw an old table that was scary enough to scare this one skeptic uh, into running away. That's so funny because it sounds really cute. Um... <laughs> Covered in dust. Yeah. Sounds like Anastasia walking it's, through the castle. Yes, or it's like um, the lobby at the Tower of Terror <laughs> in Disney World, where everything everything remains untouched, but it's covered in like a thick layer of dust and cobwebs. There you go. So this place is also, it's like 
I mean, super haunted, and everybody knows it, and yeah. so it's been, oh, like, yeah. under investigation for a lot of years. So, like, in 2016, Ghost Hunters did an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot going on there. And they really, the Whitney leans into it, oh, too. yeah. I uh, mean, the ghost bar. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so there's also every first and fourth Sunday of the month, they do a paranormal dinner tour. <gasps> oh. um, and so it says, this is directly from their website. We pull back the curtain, and our paranormal hosts guide you through the history and legends of the Whitney family and estate. We should have called them the ghost hosts. Like the haunted mansion. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Uh, Beginning at 5 o'clock, this evening includes a historical champagne tour of the mansion. A five-course dinner with selected spirits. (laughs) I don't even think they did that on purpose. But I bet they didn't. No. Uh, followed by the paranormal expedition through the mansion, gardens, and carriage house. Oh, my God. Reservations are limited to 20 guests, 21 and over only, Ooh. and $150 <gasps> per person. Oh. This is why we can't go to the Whitney. Come because on. it is much too expensive. Uh. <laughs> I think you can get, like... Get like high tea there for yeah. like a hundred dollars or something. That's too stupid. much money. Yeah, <sighs> that's why you have to go to the ghost bar at like happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, Holy lord, a hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for? I mean, a five course meal. That's five course meal and a haunted and a, tour. And a tour and spirits and stuff. Yeah, and alcohol. I mean, it's worth it, but like, I certainly cannot afford it. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to save up for years. Yeah, I don't think I would ever have, the, even if I did have enough money, I don't think that's what I would spend it on. Right. Although it does sound so cool. It and does. it would be nighttime too. Like all this would be the time of year because it gets dark so early. Mm. So you get there at five, but it's already dark. But I can't go in the little dining room, the little room at the dining table. Mm, no, I can't you go can't. there. No. Well, then... Unless you sneak out somehow. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. I can't break rules. No. And plus, there's only 20 guests, so... Oh, yeah, they'd notice me. They would notice <laughs> Like, cronk. <laughs> Doing your own theme music. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, so that's the Whitney. Great. So that is our haunted houses. Those are our little haunted houses. Yeah, those were, um, we both came into this being like, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. Uh-uh. But I think they were better than we thought yeah. they were. They were fun. We laughed. Mm-hmm. We didn't cry. Mm-mm. We laughed some more. It was great. Yeah. We made it fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Keep checking our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do some more theme questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also visit us on Patreon and uh, donate some money if you want. So I guess this is the part where we say, see you later, ghouls and boys. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait. Shut up, Crookshanks. Hello. <laughs>